right, folks, welcome to this week's podcast as we listen to the great Ray Conniff and the singers covering the Looking Glasses version of Brandy. It's one of those songs that is unlike anything else, and the reaction I got when I interviewed Elliot Lurie of Looking Glass in February is unlike anything that I can remember. Just, I guess if you were, you know, eight years old in 1972 or older, you have heard this number one song, Brandy, thousands of times in movies, on the radio, etc., etc. It's just one of those songs... That's very special. Whether you like it or not, it's it's something impossible not to react to, not to know, not to sing along to. So uh, our, our chat in February was pretty complete, and if you're interested in the history of the band and to learn what Elliot uh, did after that band broke up, please go to the archives and, and tune that in. This is really just a 10-minute conversation to ask some follow-up questions about particularly the song Brandy, You're a Fine Girl. There it is. And uh, it was just kind of fun, lighthearted. He's an easygoing guy, easy to talk to. He had a gig in New York City, so that gave me the opportunity just to call him for a quick chat for more info about Brandy. That's it. Uh, Dave Davies of the Kinks is coming up this week, a full hour with him and his guitar. So do tune in to that. That's it. Hope you enjoy the spring. Here he is, back for more. Elliot Laurie of Looking Glass. Thanks. Okay, a couple weeks ago we had Elliot Lurie on the telephone and we talked about uh, the entire career of Looking Glass and uh, about his life. And as soon as I hung up the phone, I had like 10 more questions about Brandy. And uh, it was another one of these things where a lot of listeners just kind of went nuts. People reacted to that song in a way I really haven't seen much of before. So uh, Elliot's coming to New York to play a gig. I thought, oh, it's a good time to get him on the phone and just kind of clear up those nagging questions that I didn't ask and that listeners uh, demanded to find out the answers to. So Elliot Lurie, welcome back to the program. Good morning. Good morning, Michael. Uh, I assume this is not a new phenomenon. People go nuts for Brandy, you're a fine girl, right? Well, I mean, uh, yeah, fortunately it's remained popular for all these years and, and, uh, uh, a lot of popularity focuses on the lyric, and there are a lot of questions and a lot of interpretations. And uh, yeah, it, it 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 happens. As we talked last time, you come from Brooklyn. You went to school in Rutgers, where you formed this band. It's not like your dad was a sea captain, or you grew up in <laughs> you know a cove in New Hampshire or Maine or somewhere, right? This is just out of your imagination. Yeah, I mean, I, but people ask me sometimes, were you in the Navy or were you ever a uh, merchant, uh, merchant seaman? I say the, the biggest boat I've ever been on uh, was the Staten Island Ferry. <laughs> so this just popped into your head? Yeah, I used to, when I was in, when I was in uh, junior high school and high school, Michael, I wrote like a lot of, you know, uh, short fiction. I was, I was like the English teacher's pet. And, you know, some of it was, uh, was published in like local New York uh, school magazines and stuff. I guess, you know, I was considered to be 
pretty good at, at short fiction, and this is uh, three-minute fiction. <laughs> oh, that's that. You're right because it does. It's like a little short story in in song form. When you do, you remember the first time you played it for the band? Did they just nod and go? You know, Elliot wrote another song, or was there some kind of a a reaction that no, this one might be our f- number one hit? Uh, no, I don't think there was that kind of reaction of the band. Uh, the, what I remember about it was um, I wrote it while we lived in this house up in northwestern New Jersey. Three of the guys lived there. And uh, we each had a bedroom upstairs, and in the living room downstairs was an upright piano. And uh, at the time, I was fooling around on the piano, and I remember that I wrote the verses on the guitar, and then I wrote the chorus and the bridge on the piano. But I could only p- play piano in the key of C. <laughs> and uh, the song is in the key of E. So I was running up and down from the piano to the guitar. And then finally I, I said, you know, you're an idiot. Just bring the guitar downstairs to the piano. <laughs> and I did that. But, uh, but at a certain point, um, you know, I had to sort of teach myself the piano chords on the guitar. And then I asked the, the pianist, Larry Gonski, who also lived with us. I said, well, Larry, let me play this. And when we get around to the chorus and the bridge, will you play it on the piano in the proper key so I can, <laughs> I can get it down? <laughs> oh, it's interesting that you wrote part of this on on piano. That's, I think, vital information about Brandy. So uh, one of the things that happened after we spoke last time is a listener got together to uh, – in fact, I think a couple different listeners emailed me with this information. But one of them was emphatic that this was a true story based on uh, a real person. And I, I've seen this. I since Googled it, and it seems thoroughly debunked. But just for the record, that's not correct, right? Yeah, but it, I mean, it's an incredible coincidence because I, I guess that the real person they're referring to is this woman who lived in the 19th century around New Brunswick, New Jersey. And, uh, and her story is, you know, eerily similar uh, to the story of Brandy, but I didn't hear about that woman or that uh, take on it probably until about maybe 10 years ago, 12 years ago. You know, so we were already into the 2000s when I first became aware of that story. But it's just kind of... Uh, it's kind of spooky. <laughs> she was a lady from New Jersey who had a broken heart because of sailors uh, loving the sea more than her. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. Although I don't really, I, I don't really understand it because having lived in New Brunswick, you know, there is the Raritan River, but I can't imagine a sailor going off to sea via the Raritan River. So it seems, <laughs> it seems, a, little, seems a little strange to me. But but uh, but yeah, those were the elements of her story. Did the band do a lot of television? There are a couple of YouTube clips of you guys. Did you do the Midnight Special or Don Kirshner or, or Mike Douglas show? Any? What did you do in terms of television? Well, the, the one that, that has survived and that is on YouTube was for a show uh, called Rolling on the River, I think it was called. And it was uh, Kenny Rogers when he was still with the first edition. And they shot it in Toronto. And it was like a, a little musical variety show. That clip is on YouTube. But we were on Bandstand, and that clip was not available. We were on Mike Douglas, and I haven't been able to find that clip either. Uh, so we didn't do Midnight Special. But we did do Bandstand, Mike Douglas, probably one or two others. Yeah, uh, the the one you're talking about is the one where you're wearing the very special shirt. That, uh... <laughs> so, hey. Exactly, and the widest bell bottoms that anyone has ever seen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you remember anything uh, about you know the the whole like who else were the guests on Mike Douglas? 
I don't recall who was on the day we were. I think he only had one musical guest per show, as I recall. So uh, I don't but it wasn't, know. You, didn't, you weren't uh, on with Toadie Fields or Groucho Marx or, you know, sometimes, you know. He, you know. I, I would have I remember, remembered that. No, we weren't on with Toadie Fields I think on the uh, I think on that Kenny Rogers show, which was primarily a music show, I think we were on with Jim Croce. So uh, you ever been in an elevator or the supermarket and hear your own song? Absolutely. I was at Walmart uh, in the frozen food section, uh, <laughs> reaching for frozen burritos, and there it was on, on the radio. Earlier in the show, we heard the Ray Conniff version, which is, uh, it took, I had to warm up to it a little bit, but I kind of love it now. It's kind of definitely square, <laughs> but you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's definitely, it's definitely square. I don't know how many people have had covers by both Ray Conniff and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, wow. And I, Jimmy Loves Marianne, there's Spanish versions, Italian versions, you know, there's all kinds of versions of, of, of that song, too. It's kind of... Uh, a yeah, you, t- sent, you sent that to me, and I really got a kick out of them. I hadn't heard them before. Really cool. Yeah, you know, I think that's always a testament to a song being a good song, as if, you know, tons of people cover it in, in totally different ways. I think that kind of speaks to the, the bones uh, of the song. Uh, so, do you keep in touch with the other Looking Glass guys? I do keep in touch quite regularly with the drummer. Uh, Joe, he, he went by the name of Joe Doobie when he was in the band, but his real name is Jeff Grove. He lives in northern New Jersey, and I'm in touch with him quite often. Uh, Larry, Joe Doobie? Joe Doobie. That was his, uh, <laughs> if you look at the credits on the album, it is Joe Doobie, yes. <laughs> I'm sure his mother was uh, so pleased about that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think they were thrilled with it, but uh, uh, yeah, I speak to him quite a lot. I speak to Larry, the keyboard player, occasionally, uh, and you know, Pete Sweevil, the other lead singer and writer, he passed away uh, quite a while ago. Yeah. Uh, if folks are interested in hearing more of the story of Elliot's life or of this band, check the archives at wfmu.org slash Michael, where uh, you can just listen to our last uh, our last longer conversation where we sort of talked about the whole uh, evolution of the band, how, how you started, how you ended, and uh, what, what you've been doing between the end of that band and now. 1972 is kind of a long time ago, but uh, not really that long ago because the song is still played constantly every day i mean i mentioned this earlier at the top of the show there are very few songs that have the sort of traction this song has and have the universal appeal that this song has the sing-along ability that this song has there's something about it can you put your finger on it at all of what it is that makes this song so universal and so lasting well, you know, i've been asked that quite a bit michael first of all you know i feel very fortunate that it has hung on the way it has uh, I think there are a number, number of possibilities, although I'm not sure which of them, if any, are true. I think the story song, I think the lyric, you know, resonates in that story. I think my vocal is a little unusual uh, and, uh, you know, kind of different sounding. Uh, the production on the record, I think we talked about this last time. You know, we produced that and it was kind of like hunt and peck production. We didn't really know what we were doing. So the production on it, although it sounds, you know, kind of 70s, it doesn't sound like every other 70s record, I, I don't think. Um, so, you know, I think, I think those are some of the elements that make it hang in. But again, I'm not really sure. I'm just thankful. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's a good attitude to have. 
when you get a publishing statement, uh, especially these days, I don't know if you get yours uh, physically or if you get to see them or if you don't care, but it can list every stream or every possible. Uh, and I would assume yours would could be not a joke, 100 pages long. Uh, last publishing statement I got, I think, was 121 pages. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. It used to be easy. In the, old, in the old days, it was easy to figure them out. You sold a record, you publishing, you got two cents, and that's it. You know. But now it's very, it's very complex, very complicated. I, you know, it's, it's certainly difficult for me to figure it out. That's really what you got in 1972 was two cents? That was what they called the mechanical rate. So for every physical record that was sold, the publisher got two cents, yeah. And I would assume that the band got zero from uh, from selling records, is, besides the advance. Is that right? According to our record company, Looking Glass's uh, account was not recouped until 1998. Oh, so you actually, <laughs> so you do make money off the master now. That's that's amazing. They do, and, and actually, uh, with the with the streaming, not to get too inside baseball here, but actually with the streaming, the uh, it, it has sort of become a little bit more favorable for the performers uh, to a certain extent uh, and less for the writers. But uh, that's it's a change that's happened this stream. Uh, if folks are curious to hear Elliot sing Brandy and his other hits and new songs, old songs, etc., he is coming to New York City uh, Tuesday, April 16th at the Rockwood Music Hall. You can check rockwoodmusichall.com. I believe you are at stage three there. They've got three little uh, performing areas. And it's an early show, I noted, 7 p.m., which I always think is good. Then you can kind of uh, go. I, I, I think. <laughs> I think it's good because I get to bed earlier that way. So <laughs> well, I'm sure it'll be mobbed with old uh, folks from the neighborhood and stuff, but uh, and just massive fans. But uh, again, Elliot Lurie at Rockwood uh, Stage 3, Tuesday, April 16th, and rockwoodmusichall.com for tickets. And what's your website if folks want to just check on you? It's elliot-lurie.com, but actually... Uh, more of my day-to-day music stuff is on my Facebook artist page. That's uh, I, I don't really keep up my website as well as I do the Facebook page. That's the way it works these days. All right. Uh, Elliot, hey. good, good luck at Rockwood Music Hall, and thanks for finally clearing up all the, uh, the brandy <laughs> questions I had, and hopefully my listeners will finally be satisfied with, uh, with this. Thanks for the conversation, Michael. Thanks for the plug. Uh, hopefully, maybe you'll find your way down to uh, to Rockland on that Tuesday. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I, uh, I I appreciate you coming back, and I hope you can stand here, Brandy, one more time because we're going to play it right now. All right. Take care, Michael. Thank you. Sailors pass the time away and talk about their homes. And there's a girl in this harbor town, and she works laying whiskey down. They say brandy, fetch another round. She serves them whiskey and wine. The sailors say brandy, you're a fine girl. a braided 
Say, she hears them say, Brandy, you're a fine girl. You're a fine girl. 